With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Blaugranagram Podcast Network, this is Barca Talk. Welcome to Barca Talk, everybody. I'm Alejandro Villegas, and with me today is Sergio Rodriguez. Ale, what's going on, man? Good game today. Good game, man. Good to have you here. So today we're talking about Barcelona's 2-0 defeat of Cornellà in Copa del Rey and also their 2-0 defeat against Elche in La Liga. What did you think about today's performance, Sergio? Did you like this uh, Barcelona formation, the way they were uh, trying to face Elche and, and what happened today? You know, before the game, all the media outlets were releasing a formation in a 4-2-3-1, right? Yeah. Returning, Coleman returning to his to his standard formation. But in reality, it was a 4-3-3. Yeah, it didn't with, look that uh, You know, Umtiti down as a center back, uh, Mingueza as the right back in for Dest. And Brathwaite, surprisingly enough, was playing the left wing. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't playing the center role. You know, I think that was Griezmann. Dembele was was the right wing. So that was a bit of a change, right, where we see Brathwaite, instead of being the, the, the head of the spear, playing on the left wing. So it was a little bit of a change. Yeah, it, it feels like they're trying to go back to the false nine concept somehow, even though, I mean, it's mm. we know Dembele is not going to play there. It's either Griezmann or, or Braithwaite who could... They play that role somehow in, in this team. And, and you're right. When when you look at it, the 4-2-3-1, they just suffer a lot when they face these fast teams that can go on a, on a fast break and all that. But with the 4-3-3, you can see more of a solid team, right? You don't have that the team losing the, the ball so many times. And with Elche today, without having Messi, you could actually press a little bit more up and, and not let the other team to get out of their box so easily when you have Messi there it's just not the same the team is not as fast and it's hard for them even for for Busquets when you have Busquets Messi Alba all of them together it becomes a little harder to press a little bit more forward but when you have Griezmann Braithwaite and Dembele these are three guys that are just quick they can actually press that up and and we saw it today against Elche I mean, I think in the first half, Elche didn't even pass them the half, half, <laughs> half, our half. I mean, when they showed the the heat map, it was funny because it was they showed like a team heat map, in and Elche didn't pass to our side. So it, I mean, that was great. I, I don't remember the last time Barcelona had that happen this season, or if had, if has happened this season at all. No, you're right. I think usually when you play teams that are defensive, right, mm-hmm. they have a quick counterattack or they have somebody that's really fast. And Elche didn't have that. I think it was maybe 
Mojica, right on on the left back, the yeah, Colombian guy. Back. He was he was probably their only threat to get out there fast. Mm-hmm. You know, they were playing a four one four one defensively. That was like a five four one. They were very compact. And you know what's interesting when you bring up Griezmann was playing the false nine, mm-hmm. but he wasn't playing like Messi, like roaming around, you know, setting everybody up. He wasn't that that catalyst and that engine this time. He was just kind of staying up there and hoping for a through pass, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's been it's been hard for for Griezmann because he doesn't get a lot of passes. Now <laughs> we know it's been. I think they look more for for the young than they actually do for Griezmann at this point in the season. And we've seen the young scored again, even though it looked like an own goal more than anything. Braithwaite was trying to cross the ball to Griezmann, the defender from Elche, came back and tried to kick the ball away and actually kicked it almost into the goal the young just came running and, and, and shut it in but Barca was dominant but they were not creating as much right like it was it felt like they were kind of relaxed in, in in some way because they were dominating the the other team but they were not like constantly just whooping their goalie or anything they were just uh, controlling the ball around and I, I know that goal it came in the perfect moment that the young goal because it was right after the 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 end of the first half, so the team actually started winning, which is also something that has been hard for this common team. I feel like half of the, the games they start losing, especially away. Away, it's been a rough moment for Barca. This, I mean, this has been the last time they played at home. I think it, it was in the beginning of January, so they're coming into an end of this long trip, and I'm glad they actually started winning and again Frankie the Young scoring an important goal in the season. And Alejandro, you know that, you know, it was a quick recovery and Brathway got it on the left wing and it was yeah. a quality cross, right? Maybe the goalkeeper was a little too deep, he could have cut it off, but the cross was so good that, you know, I think Griezmann would would have hit he couldn't he couldn't not made a goal. Right. You know, like he usually does. It would have been hard for him not to make the goal. But the spin on the ball was such where the defense is going into his own goal. All the momentum is going into their goal. And he tried to get a foot on it. And it just wasn't a a quality uh, uh, kick out. And Frankie was there to to put it in the net. So it was a good cross, you know, and that was one of the few times you got a quality cross. A lot of the times in the game. You know, there was opportunities, but the passing was late. The timing was late. And there was many times where I seen Griezmann make a run and Pedri's pass was off or Alba's pass was a little bit off. But there were quality opportunities, just the passing was, was, wasn't was quality. Yeah, that's been a problem for Barca, right? Like, they cross a lot more than they used to do before, but they're not very effective in that type of attacking situation like when Dembele goes on a on a tangent and and crosses the ball I feel like there's nobody there to to actually head it in and and the same happens to me with Alba when Messi's not there it's like he's crossing it to nobody because there's literally no options there for the team so and, and you mentioned something very interesting because the goal came in a in a recovery and that happened a lot during the first half and that's why I say the team was was actually very comfortable playing against Elche because they were recovering the ball very often and very often on their side of the pitch which is something that Barcelona has struggled with uh, lately and and that was something nice to see so uh, some other a uh, couple of things that we saw today 
uh, in that match against uh, Elche. Here's the thing. We were winning 1-0 and Kuman <laughs> was saving these subs. And I'm like, I just hope they just don't tie this game right now because we're going to just suffer <laughs> during the last 10 to 15 minutes and it's just going to be awful again. So Trincao came in as a, as a sub. He took Dembele out, but I think it's because he must be tired, right? He played two uh, Supercopa games with the extra time. Then he actually had to come in the Copa del Rey match and win that game for, for Bars as well. So that's why he takes Dembele out. And Trincao, believe it or not, hasn't scored this season. I feel like he's one of the guys that he's always creating chances, taking shots, and he hasn't scored so far. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Dembele was getting frustrated, right? You know, yeah. they were putting three three defenders on him on, on that right side. And he was trying to break them down, and he would break down one or two, and then there'll be the third one there. And, you know, I think it's one of the biggest gripes with Dembele, right, is is that he'll, he'll keep pressing. He won't pass out. He'll just, you know, he'll try to get his game. And, and, and I don't mind that. But sometimes when you're going against three, it's kind of difficult, right? So he started, he rotated to the left side, and Brathwaite went to the right side. So at that point, I think uh, it was I think the 70th minute where Coleman said, you know what, this guy's trying too hard, and let's, let's get some, let's freshen that side out and get Trincao in. And you know what? He brought in energy. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, he had those two good opportunities, right? He had that that left-footed shot to the far post, and he had that header. That, oh, man, I was rooting so bad for him to get a goal. He hasn't <laughs> scored, Ale. I know, I know. And he deserved one right there. The second That, that second one that you're talking about, the header, I, I've, I don't know how the goalie did it, but that was a great save. Talking about energy, Barcelona almost... Almost no. They did commit a mistake. They they had a mistake there on defense. Yeah. Mingueza and Araujo and Ter Stegen was there saving us once again. And after that, I felt like, okay, this is the perfect moment to actually make a substitution right now because you could feel how things kind of weren't... Uh, I mean, they were changing a little bit. The, the atmosphere of the game, the Elche kind of, okay, now we believe we can tie this game. It was only 1-0. And I thought maybe Ricky Puch was a good option he ended up just coming in and, I, I don't know, he played like five minutes, but he did finally score his first goal with Barcelona. He was so happy. The entire team was so happy. It was it was nice to see, right? Like it, It's been a story to follow this season. How how many times Koeman has said, all right, you don't have a place in this team. You're not going to get minutes. And he ends up having minutes. He scored a very important goal in the penalty kicks against Real Sociedad, and now he actually scores his first official goal, if you will. I mean, that's a nice story from this game as well. You know, and that's after Gideon subbed out at the half in the Cornea game, right? right? You know, yeah. when he was being a brat to the uh, the ref, <laughs> and he got a yellow card, and it, it was like, you know, and I'll give Coleman credit for for not putting all his subs in at the same time. Some mm-hmm. sometimes that's that that's not productive, right? Mm-hmm. So he put in Trincao, then he waited to the eighty something minute to to put in uh, Pooch, and and we saw the results, right? Obviously, it took Frankie to have some divine dribbling skills and dribble down to the goal line and look for for Pooch to to make his run in. Now I don't know if Frankie really saw him or he was aiming for Brathwaite. <laughs> But it looked good, man. It looked really good for Push to come here as a little dude and jump out and hit that thing and put it in there. Yeah, the young was going to shoot that ball because he had so much space and time, and, and I thought he was going to get it. And then when he crossed it, I, I never thought Ricky Push was going to be the one heading the ball in. And it it was very similar to the goal that Pedri scored against uh, Athletic Bilbao, right? That cross and, and Pedri, another short one, uh, just heading the ball in. And, and it was, I mean, it was a good moment for Barca today. So, uh, Sergio, uh, from the last 
three games, we've seen a couple of games without Messi. Or, or, or Let me rephrase that. From the last four games, three of them have been without Messi because he did play in the final game in the Supercopa, but he did not play in the semifinals. He hasn't played, of course. He didn't play against Cornellà or Elche. Do you like Barca's version without Messi, or, or what would you take from it, from these last couple of games? Right, so the last three games, you know, you're, you're, we're getting to see how, how the club looks like without Messi, right? right. If, if yeah. it does happen, if he does move, move out. Um, you know, I think still the, the roster has a lot of quality. You mm -hmm. know, we can't say, you know, it's, it's almost the highest paid roster in, in all of soccer. So there's definitely quality there. It's just getting the, the, the pieces to meld and, and play together. So let's go and check what we're going to talk about today in this episode of Barca Talk. So what does Gridman need to bring to this team to have his best version in Barcelona? Who's our strongest scoring option when Messi's absent? We're going to talk about it a little bit more in depth and our pick for the future of center back in Barca. Right after this break, we're going to go deep into that question about Antoine Griezmann. I mean, what else can he do to be that uh, threat in the attacking for FC Barcelona? Every week, the Barca Talk team in Spain shares the best of what it's like to follow football in Spain on Barca Talk Cafe, the exclusive video series for our Patreon supporters. Understanding who are the people to follow, the journalists to really respect, take their advice, and then portray that to our audience of what is being said about Barcelona with the up-to-date news of the week. We're trying to give you that experience of what it is to follow FC Barcelona here. And on top of that, trying to cut through the noise and trying to get the pure news and analysis that you want about FC Barcelona. Join our Patreon community to watch Gabriel Quiroga and Mariano Guzman on Barca Talk Cafe every week. Just follow the link in our show notes. So, Sergio, Antoine Griezmann is, I mean, he's still the second best uh, goal scorer in the team right after Lionel Messi. He has, I mean, he scored nine goals in this season so far. And even though sometimes during the season we've been so frustrated with him because he missed so many goals, even penalty kicks. And it's been a little bit of a frustrating, I don't know, experience watching Griezmann. We saw him score a couple of goals against uh, Athletic Bilbao in the Supercopa final that looked like a perfect, uh, I don't know, moment for Griezmann to actually become a leader in this team. But right after that, he's, I guess, come back to his old ways. And in these last couple of matches against Cornellà and, and Elche, we saw a, a guy that is, okay, he's involved in the attack, he's involved in defense, but I don't know, man, he's not scoring goals. He's not connecting in in I don't know in the way we're expecting from him. So how do you feel about Antoine Griezmann and the way he's playing so far right now? How do we make Griezmann the best Griezmann we can get? Right. Yeah, so the best Griezmann would be the one we saw at Real Sociedad, right? Yeah, or with uh, France in the World Cup. And those are the two best, right? So it's interesting, you know, with with Griezmann on on Atlético or in Real Sociedad, he played as a shadow striker, right? Mm -hmm, he yeah. played. He played second fiddle to a a a nine 
that would hold the defenders and create space for him, right? And that's how he operated. With France, he plays more as a 10. He plays like Messi. He roams around <laughs> and creates and is working in that space where he's able, he's given the liberties to, to either score or create. And those are the skill sets that he has. Now, with Barcelona, he's not given that opportunity. Okay, Sergio, so you're saying that in order to have the best version of Antoine Griezmann, we actually have to model our system more into a 4-2 or something similar to what he played in, in France or even Atletico sometimes with number nine players there like Giroud, like Mansukis, like Diego Costa and, and all the guys. But that's, I mean, we've seen it. We haven't played 4-2, I don't know in how long, I guess since Valverde was here. But he did change from a 4-2-3-1 uh, to a 4-3-3 and, and we, we're using that more often or we've played with a 3-5-2 as well sometimes but that's that's what you're saying like you we need to change the system in order to get the best uh, Griezmann version he needs somebody in front of him to to draw the defense and for him to work behind him and 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 in that space either to create or to shoot goals, most likely to create goals mm -hmm. because he's not great a great assist man. And that's what we need, right? So does the formation lend itself to making Griezmann a better player? I don't think so. You know, I think with Coleman, he most likely sees him as a French in his role in France, mm -hmm. where they're playing the four two three one and he plays at that at that ten. The problem, of course, here in Barcelona, we have the greatest 10 in the world, Lionel Messi. And that's kind of a conflict, right? It's like, okay, now I have this great player, so where do I put him? But definitely, he needs that space to operate in. Right, right. And, I mean, we've seen how, I mean, the numbers with Griezmann are just, I mean, you have to worry about it, right? With Atletico, he scored, what, at least 25 goals until his last season when he scored actually 21 is not a bad number either. But then with Barca, last season, he scored 15 goals and we thought it was a horrible season for him. But this season so far... He's only scored nine. And I know he's only behind Messi in that regard. This is a team that's not scoring as many goals as he used to. But we are actually kind of seeing a, a Griezmann that is not actually scoring goals for Barca. And that, and that was the expectation that we had when we brought that guy from Atletico, right? If we're going to pay it all that money, it's because he's going to score some goals. <laughs> and he's not doing that so and far. I mean, he's done. He, he did it in the Supercopa <laughs> final, I guess. But it's not been a constant threat or a consistent guy when you're talking about scoring goals for Barca. You know, he's an enigma, right? And it's kind of frustrating when you see Pedri come in his first year and he already gels, right? You see Serginho Des come in and he knows where, where to plug him in. Or you see Barca B players come in, Minguesa and Araujo, and they gel. And they come in real quick and they fit the mold. But Griezmann has been here more than a year. He still can't fit in. And uh, we're hoping, you know, Coleman figures him out. But, you know, if you look back when he was with Atletico, even Cholo and Cholo Simeone was having a difficult time fitting him in. Mm -hmm. There was points in the season where he would play as the right midfielder. And he will play as a right midfielder because on the defensive side, he worked so hard in recovery. Yeah. So, you know, and it, it was almost like the purchase Barcelona made was at the right time for Atletico and Cholo just to give him up and say, you know what, it's time for you to move on. We haven't figured we're you're, you're decaying, your deter your performance is deteriorating and we're going to pass you along. So, yeah, talking about positioning, he has to be the center forward or maybe the second striker in a system in order to have the, the best version of the Frenchman. But you know what? Comparing Barcelona and Atletico, talking about percentages, you know how many times has 
Antoine Griezmann played as a left wing or a right wing so far? Comparing just the two teams, Barcelona and Atletico. I have no idea. So it's 51% of his appearances are coming as a left back or, or uh, as a left wing or, or a right wing with Barca, where with Atletico, it was only 11% of the time. So that gives you an idea of how, how of a different use they're having with Griezmann in Barca than what they did with Atletico. Now, right after the break, Griezmann is the second higher scorer. That's true. But we actually are going to talk about who's more effective than him. Welcome back to Barca Talk. We are talking about Barcelona's win in the Copa del Rey at Cornellà and their win in La Liga in Elche. Both 2-0 wins right after losing the Supercopa to Athletic Bilbao. So Sergio Dembele had to come in the uh, Copa del Rey match against Cornellà. He was one of the subs in that game. And he was actually the guy that scored the goal that gave Barcelona the lead in extra time. He was, I mean, he's been one of the most attacking or most direct attacking players in this season. And he was that against Elche as well this weekend. Even though, I mean, he didn't shoot as much as we would like to, he was definitely one of the most direct. And I know it's 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 hard for Barca fans to compare players to Messi, but with Messi out, Griezmann is not that guy that's going to dribble one, two, three, four, and then shoot. I mean, neither is the Young or Braithwaite or any of those guys. Dembele has been that guy. He has the speed. He can shoot the the ball with the both legs and he's been very direct when we are attacking. So I, th I feel like he's been more of a threatening option when you're talking about direct, right? Because he likes to dribble, but he, he actually finishes the play with a cross or a shot. And that's something that in Barca doesn't happen very often. You know what, Ale? I, I think you're right. You know, after Messi, you know, Dembele's dribbling skills as a defender is very scary because his speed, if I'm a defender and I'm backtracking, I'm backing up and I see this guy's speed and his herky-jerky motion and pausing and pausing yeah. go, it scares me, right? You know, I could see a, some defenders with broken ankles, you know, just, just stopping and going. And, and that's what Dembele does. He is that one-on-one -on -one threat. Now, in this game with Elche, you know, oddly enough, they had three defenders on him because he, you know, even Elche realized he is the biggest threat. So they put three defenders on that side and Dembele is tr was trying to impose himself. We would dribble past one, two, but that third defender was very difficult for him to get past. So, you know, as we've seen in the past games, Dembele is evolving as a player as well. You know, he's, you know, he's evolving from that guy that would just give you the ball and you'll counterattack and go fast and score a goal. Mm -hmm. And now he's taking time to dissect the offense, right? That's what we're seeing more. He's looking at the offense, trying to dissect it more, seeing where to attack or, or passing the ball. So I'm hoping he's moving away from from making stupid mistakes and trying to force the issue and maybe trying to play more as a team and analyze the defense and looking for the best option. Yeah, it feels like Ronald Koeman found a way to actually be more efficient with Dembele and all his speed and all his ability that you were talking about, right? Like you're, We're watching a different version of Dembele. His past uh, couple of games after the injury have been on, on that direction. I mean, he can create for himself and he's been that guy for Barca. You know, that Cornea game, you know, he had to create space and there was very limited space for him to make that shot. Yeah. You know, I had, to, I had to rewind that shot multiple times just to see how he got it off. Mm -hmm. And because there was no space at all. So at a, at a certain point, he just said, you know what, I have to impose my will. 
You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm the most threatening player on this team after after Messi or he's not here and I have to impose that because everybody else was looking at him because Griezmann wasn't going to do it. It was going to be Dembele, and, and he took the initiative, and he he made that stroke and kicked it, and it was, it was a really good shot. Yeah, and, and that reminds me, in December, when Messi was out, he actually also scored a very important goal to tie the game against Eibar. We ended up just tying that game, but that was uh, very important for, for Dembele, and, and sadly, we couldn't win that game, and, and that's one of the, the games that has us so far away from Atletico in La Liga, but, I mean, still, Dembele... Being there and scoring important goals has been a theme of this season so far as well. So he's one of the best dribblers also in the team. I would say the best with 122 dribbles this season. That means 9.1 dribbles per 90 minutes, which is obviously a lot. We don't have that type of wow. talent in this in the team. Besides Messi, we're taking Messi out of the equation because we know he's from somewhere else. But in between normal guys... Dembele is is it's been that different guy that because what you said Elche put three guys on him okay those are three guys that are not paying attention to the other guys and that's something right. that Barca can take advantage of uh, going forward so would you say Dembele it's our leader like it's is he taking the leadership role in attack uh, more than Griezmann right now with Messi out oh that's a good question Ale you know what I think he is maturing into that. You know, he may not be that now, but he's slowly picking up confidence and maturing into into that role where behind Messi, he's he's our biggest threat. And what's interesting about Dembele is, you know, not that he's he's ambidextrous. I forgot what you call that with your feet, but yeah, he's ambidextrous. <laughs> but when he gets, you know, he's also a good crosser. He was also a good assist man. You know, he didn't show it here in, in, in today's game with Elche. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when he's blocked off as as going centrally and shooting with his left foot, he goes down to the goal line and provides those quality crosses. So he's a dual threat in that manner as well. Right. So now we're going to uh, transition and talk about our, our defense, right? We have to um, look into it. We didn't allow a goal today, and Ter Stegen had a lot to do with that because we did commit one Big mistake, Mingueza and, and Araujo didn't communicate well there. But besides that, putting that aside, I think it was a very solid per, uh, defensive performance today. In a moment of the game, the game 1-0, Umtiti, he fell in a long pass. He fell. He literally fell back. <laughs> and and we were all like, oh, my God, here we go. Another, another Barca flop. And Araujo was there. So it talks about how good of reading coverages and not losing <clears throat> duels against attacking players. And, and Araujo has been that guy for Barca. With Piquet out, we didn't know what was going to happen. And Araujo is stepping up, and he looks like a real option for Barca's future in defense. Alejandro, you know what? I think the Kule Nation is transferring all their support from, from Pooch now to Araujo because he is offering that defensive stability that we need, right? Yeah. Everybody's playing off of him. He's being that anchor. He's playing in his zone. He's being that last man and 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 reading the the attack so well. He's cutting it off. As you saw in that Cornea game, mm-hmm. he was everywhere. You yeah. know, he played beautifully. He reminds me of uh, of... You know, the closest comparison will be Virgil van Dijk. You know, he has that same statue. He may have, he may not be as fast, but he's close to it. And uh, he's the closest comparison I I see to him. You know, he's really physically imposing. I think he's going to be that leader that that we're going to need from from, uh, the back line going forward. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, and he looks like it. He could be an option for for being the captain, right? Right there with 
uh, Ter Stegen, it looks like these two can be the future in that regard because he has that type of leadership. And you know what? Unlike Lenglet, I mean, he, he's become the base of this defensive system. We thought with Piquet out, Lenglet was going to be that guy that was going to step up. You know what? This is my defense, and I'm going to lead the way here. But it hasn't been the case. I mean, he's played there with both Lenglet. Uh, Mingueza and also Umtiti who played here or even Firpo and uh, or the young whenever uh, Kuman gets creative and, and brings the young back to defense so he's been that guy that you know he's always gonna be there and he's so good winning in, on one-on-one on one with fast uh, attacking players even though he's tall he reminds me a lot of Piquet in that regard you know you're you're right you know the back line has been you know you, you've seen a lot of different players there right mm -hmm. Firpo, Alba, Lenglet Dijon, Minguesa, and, and Dest, and Sergio Roberto. But but you have, you know, Araujo as, as a centerpiece, and he's kind of he's kind of molded himself there, right? It was like out of need, we they brought him up, but he's he's taking command of that position and shown why, you know, he was purchased from from Uruguay years ago. Yeah. And he was supposed to be that 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 investment, that future center back and the promise. And and he's living up to it. You know, I I think he's he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be our bright future along with maybe Eric Garcia uh, when once he comes along. You know, having those two young center backs, Eric Garcia and Araujo, is, is gonna be a, a great backline for the future. So you feel like this is the perfect moment to transition to the young guys on defense to Araujo and to Eric Garcia when he comes. And to let Piquet go to the bench, or would you have Piquet and Araujo being if if everybody's healthy? Would you have Araujo and Piquet there? I mean, because if you're bringing Eric Garcia from Manchester City is to right. play minutes, right? You're not gonna have him in the bench. So I I think that's what the team is looking for, right? I mm -hmm. think uh, you know Lenglet is having a subpar season, mm -hmm. like you know, and that happens, right? I, I remember a couple years back, Piquet had a bad season. You yeah. know, are you gonna give up on him? No. Uh, but you make it competitive, right? You have to earn your spot. Right. If Eric, if Eric Garcia's player playing better than Leglet, then guess what? You let Eric play. But if Leglet's playing better, then you let Leglet play, right? It's about your performance here and now, right? Not about the name on the back of the jersey. It's how you were performing, right? Now Pique is old, right? He's 34. <laughs> like you have to transition away from him, right? Given how long the season is, right? You have all these competitions, Champions League, Copa del Rey, Supercopa, all this stuff comes up. You have to have a good rotation on the defensive back line in order to keep these guys sharp and fresh to play, right? And to be effective. Right, right. So, yes, I, I feel like if we have everybody healthy, I would go with Piquet and Araujo as my, my, as my two guys there and then have Lenglet and Mingueza as backups. And, and you know, that's it. And Untiti, I feel like he's on his way out anyway, so I'm not putting him in the equation right now. But that, that would be my, my top four right there. And Eric Garcia, we have to see him. I mean, we haven't seen him with Barca. We haven't seen him. I mean, we've seen him with Manchester City, but we have to see what he can do in La Liga and, and with this system because it's different, right? It's a different pace. It's a different game in La Liga than it is in, in the Premier League. So why not? Hopefully he's, I mean, like Piquet did back in the day, uh, Eric Garcia can be an option. But right now, realistically, right here, we have in Araujo a very good option to be the the center back of the future. Why not? And why not one of the captains? I, I agree. I think when when you look at, you know, some of the lack of leadership that we have on the team or maybe that the team plays soft, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when, when 
you know, that's, I think, one of the biggest criticisms is we, we don't have a strong leader and we have, we're soft and we don't have that grit. Then you have Araujo out here who's, you know, physically imposing, you know, what is he, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and has a commanding presence. You know, if he if, if I'm playing midfield and I have Araujo yelling at me, like, I'm going to pay attention, <laughs> right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dot my T's and, and dot my I's and cross my T's because this dude's going to yell and bark at me, right? So, and he's also another, I think he's the only South American player that we have besides Messi. So you have a connection there that at least, you know, Messi can, can relate to. And hopefully, you know, Messi mentors him to be one of the strong leaders on the team and and that comes out of them yeah we have a couple of brazilians there but i feel oh, like you, right. you're talking about the the garra right the the argentinians yeah. and uruguayans are so good defending and yes in, in that regard yes we have um, we have neto who's a goalkeeper he's from brazil we have coutinho who's out uh, because of an injury and we have a couple of other guys that are from south america but yes i, I know what you're you're saying there. So for next week, we have a couple of very interesting matches. We are going to suffer again in the Copa del Rey in an away game against Rayo Vallecano. That's going to happen on Wednesday. And then on Sunday, we're going to face Athletic Club. I'm not going to call them our friends because they just beat us in the Super Copa final. And that was a heartbreaking moment for Barca. But yes, it's going to be against Atletico. And Busquets is going to be out. He got um, a yellow card today. So he's suspended for that game. All those details and all that, of course, we're going to have it with our European team with Gabriel Quiroga and Craig uh, McGuff, who will be on next week to analyze the team in those games. So on Wednesday, we do have Messi back. So what do we need to do to get past Rayo? We need to keep doing what we're doing, right? We need to keep making those runs from the midfield. It looks like the, our midfielders are attacking more and uh, we need to give them the through balls and make some goals. Yeah, I agree. We'll see if, if Messi plays and, and hopefully we can get the best version of Messi as well coming back. So thank you very much for listening, guys, and we'll see you soon here in Barca Talk. Barca Talk is a production of Sounded Media with social media and promotion by Two Point Go and part of the Blaugranagram Podcast Network. Until next time, Visca Barca. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.